You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene from the AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menunos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Smash After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424. 424- 256 1729. That's 424 256 1729. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's Smash After Show. Hey, everybody, Bing is for doing. <laughs> and we are here doing. Another episode of Smash, season two, episode 12. We love this the song timing. so much, I don't want to talk over it. It's like smooth music. Uh, it's a little bit. Music. I'm Tamara Berg. I'm joined in studio by Sarah Mendoza. Hello. Kristen Carroll. Hi, guys. Kendra Cavista. it up. Hi. I know. And Marissa Serafini at the booth. Hello, ladies. Hello. How are you? Okay. I just want to start out by saying my favorite episode of the season so far is the one we're going to be talking about right now. Yes. Yeah. It and was really good. I do believe I predicted that they were going to start getting really good from here on out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. You did. And we were talking earlier. You, you, um, I think probably our fans know that we have a lot of predictions that the show's not going to make it to season three. And, um, and I... Based on how this episode went and how I think the rest of them are going to go this season, it's making me really sad because it was so good. Me too. We were kind of discussing it outside. Can't they revisit the whole cancellation? I think maybe they should. (laughs) But of course they can. Of course they can. Yeah. But if they've already lost their audience and they didn't even see this awesome episode, how likely do we think it's going to make a difference? Because the ratings were probably probably still low. Well, yeah, and those people, you know, Deborah Messing already has, you know, is in line for CBS pilot. Catherine McPhee is working on her album and, and has gotten a haircut. Yeah, exactly. Her hair is chopped off, and you know, Megan Hilty, I'm sure her career is going to yeah, take off she even just more. Released her album, and she's going to be yeah. doing. But Steven Spielberg is the executive producer of the show, and he's an extremely powerful man yeah. and very persuasive. <laughs> and if True. not, there are some. Redheads and other <laughs> other actors out there. Yeah, everybody plays Julia Sun. Yeah. All right, let's get into this episode. I want to start by talking about Ivy. Um. Yeah. Okay. So she starts off the episode with a self-imposed media blackout, trying not to hear anything about what people say, and then goes and walks outside the theater and hears someone talking about her. Mm. Oh, yeah, that was so sad cuz she she was trying to avoid that at all costs and she you could she looked happy, you mm-hmm. know, she was just focused on her craft, uh, focused on opening night. Yes. And just so happens that the couple that passes by her didn't have the best review. No. It's almost <laughs> like um, you know, iTunes and YouTube <laughs> reviews in person. Right? And right. She, but she didn't confront them. No, and she shouldn't. I didn't didn't think she should have. But and it was it was. I, I thought the way he he put it was so condescending. Well, she's been knocking around the chorus all these years. Also known as paying your dues, Mister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back off. Where would you sing a dance today, Mister? Right, I not was on like, Broadway. Excuse me, who Damn do you, you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> You've only yeah. been in the audience this whole time. Uh, it's interesting to see her say something. You you what you wanted to? Know, but, yeah. The old Ivy, like just you know. Well, I I like that she didn't because maybe that means she's uh, growing up and is being a little bit more appropriate in situations like that. Maybe yeah. so. But then the next scene, we see her. She's reading the message boards and like now starting to basically purge on all of the you know stuff or binge rather on all of the comments that people are making. Reading, reading, yeah. reading. Everybody saying pretty much nasty stuff about her. It to- mm-hmm. it it like got to her. I think so. When she right. heard them talking about it, she's like, "What are people?" 
people saying, I need to prepare myself for this. Maybe I need to, like, you know, see what they're saying so I can improve myself or whatever it was. Right. Well, right. the internet's very addictive that way, especially once you start on one message board, it leads to another. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, mm-hmm. what does this one say and what is that one? So you end up bouncing around and two hours later, you're like, what did I just do with my life? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think it's it, it's particularly difficult in her situation because this is the first time that she's the lead in a show. And so right. she's got, she's going to be having this you know this um these doubts come up mm-hmm. um and and that's a big it's this is a huge thing in her life right mm-hmm. and i don't care how confident you are there's always going to be some sort of insecurity there you're going to naturally want to compare yourself in her case it, it's to karen mm-hmm Right. And that's going to put some doubt in your mind. Absolutely. And I loved the scene where she's on stage talking to her mother. She's standing there. Bernadette Peters, by the way, hello, Bernadette Peters has like a painting that's aging in her attic because that woman looks the same as she's looked <laughs> for the last 30 years. <laughs> right. Um, she does. And I don't understand, just side note, why they put Bernadette Peters in this show, this episode, and didn't have her sing. I don't get when they do that anywhere. I always feel like whenever I see somebody right. who's got great musical talents um, and they're in like a movie or they are in some sort of musical and then they don't sing. I always think of Adina Menzel and Enchanted. Mm-hmm. They didn't use her voice at all in that whole movie. Yes. It's always weird when you have a great presence like a Bernadette Peters. Right. You don't use her. Right. Well, I, I think it would have been wrong for them not to include her in the episode. Maybe there wasn't no, room for a right. song, but... And they didn't want to, but they didn't want to miss her in the episode because that was a big deal. And you're a absolutely episode. right. I totally agree with you. And the scene was really beautiful because she had this heart to heart with her mm-hmm. mother. She's standing on stage, and her mom says, "Look, here's the thing." And it wasn't a it wasn't a cookie cutter pep talk. You know, it was right. it was heartfelt and it was considered. And w- what she said was, you know, all it takes is one role if it's right for you. And I just thought that was such a perfect way to bring it back to her and make. Ivy really believe what her mother was saying. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't you guys agree? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and perhaps you know, not having or showing her sing in the episode, um, it it just reaffirms that now it's Ivy's time to shine, and yep. no longer her mother's. And now her mother is actually supporting that and not being selfish. Fine, I agree with you. I take back my comment. <laughs> <laughs> Still nice to hear her sing. No, yeah, I agree. It would have been cool. It, it makes it makes <laughs> sense for the episode because it was Ivy's episode. Yeah, she is the bombshell. Yeah, she is Marilyn. Um, so then she's on stage as Marilyn. We'll talk about the song when we get to the song section. But one of the things I loved about this. the song uh, Don't Forget Me was the staging of it I loved the lights that was the um, the photo that I sent around to you Mm -hmm. guys this Mm -hmm. morning you know her standing on stage with those you know the fan of lights all around her I thought that was incredibly beautiful I loved how they had the moment where the the um the camera was panning around and we were seeing you know the other people in her life Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah um you do you mean the guys yes yeah, and then and then did you guys notice how Karen, Derek, and Tom were behind her as well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What What do you think that was about? Just showing that those people were such such a huge part of the process of getting to that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> They're just creeping on her. Yeah. They she just, just came up to the it stage. It makes sense. Derek was back there. Yeah. They're all just trying to steal her thunder. <laughs> They're Karen, like, oh, you have something on your I face. like that Karen was smiling though in that <laughs> shot and not like scowling. Yeah. Right, or exactly. Like she really was actually in the, <laughs> yeah. in the audience. In the audience. Um, uh, th- and then, uh, so okay, so wait, I don't know. This is going to be kind of hard to keep on track with this. The next scene that we have a little bit later was Karen and Ivy in the bathroom having yet another heart to heart. Yeah, that's another mm. relationship transformation. Yes, because. Ivy and her mother are now so much better. Mm-hmm. And now it, it seems like, well, I didn't think that Karen was ever very snide in the relationship to begin with. With Ivy. With Ivy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like now Ivy, Ivy is wanting to put all of that behind and um, at least try to open up the possibility of a relationship. And I thought it was really cute because they've come so far in their own little journeys and here they are kind of converging and they're in the bathroom and they're talking mm-hmm. about everything that's happened and really supporting each other. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't think it was out of place at all. No, I, th- I really liked it, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're building it up, though, to break it down. 
they're, they're gonna make this relationship <laughs> and it I think the reason right now too is Ivy doesn't feel threatened by Karen because Karen's not on Broadway and that's what she said mm. you will do Broadway one day just not this season and I think that's what helps their relationship because if they're both on Broadway and competing that's where it gets really ugly and right now Ivy hasn't had to really compete with anybody she had uh, liaison. I'm, am I saying that right? Liaisons. 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 Um, earlier, where she was the star for that. Yep. And Karen had bombshell, and, and she was still excited that she got a lead for that. And then all of a sudden, she got bombshell back. And Karen has this little side thing. And isn't that cute? Like <laughs> Karen gets her Stay little there. sideshow. And I don't think I don't think she means any of this maliciously. Like I'm going to befriend you because you're not my competition. But there's a sense of ease because she's not competition. I think yes. Potential though for them to stay friends just because of the Derek part because she kind of True. helped her in a way realize you know that he's a jerk <laughs> and I still think they'll be clash though you think up. there's going to be a commonality in the in the anger at Derek yeah between the two and maybe not necessarily anger on Karen's part but just she's kind of dismissive of Derek and um, in Ivy's line of questioning she didn't confront her about it but it was good information for her to know to kind of leave him alone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there may be you know there's no threat in any way now mm-hmm. go ahead Sarah were you going to say was it Sarah? I, she wasn't I, I just <laughs> no I guess I just I didn't in my opinion I didn't think well it could have been subconscious um, that she's more at ease like what you said yeah. because uh, Karen's show is much smaller but I really saw her attempt to be very sincere I saw it as she has this newfound confidence because she just killed it on opening night in Broadway. So she f- maybe feels like she owns a piece of Broadway now. So maybe, you know, other people can have theirs as well because she has her own piece now as, and she doesn't have to fight for it because she's already got it. Mm-hmm. That was my, I don't know, that was my opinion. I don't think she's doing anything maliciously, but I think we'll see their relationship go downhill afterwards. Between once, Ivy and Her- yeah. Karen. Once Karen comes on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of Derek, so there's <laughs> there was this. I thought it was very interesting in the early part of the episode where she's reading the message boards and he's like lying on her lap and stuff, looking very very puppy submissive dog. and like a puppy dog, <laughs> yeah. and a very different style of Derek than we've ever seen before. Did that did it strike you, Scott? You guys as that too as being kind of. It, unusual. It was yeah. different and I, I really liked it. I thought it was very sweet. I kind of like <laughs> I kind of like Ivy and Derek's relationship. It sucks that Derek is just really a playboy and it's he'll probably sleep with any obviously beautiful woman who's right. in Broadway. Um but when they are together I feel like their chemistry I like their chemistry together. I don't know. Well, w- one of the comments that we got on iTunes was um, someone said that, poor Derek, I feel like he's lost his mojo this season. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was really, um, you know, sort of portrayed in this episode, except that at the end, you know, he went back to his old Playboy ways. What are you doing tonight? Mm. You know, hot woman who I've hit on before and got in trouble with. Yeah. I mean, it could be that. It's his, you know, he just got hurt by two women who he sincerely has feelings for, maybe. And this is his way of coping. As we know, a lot of guys do cope that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. So stupid to go back with the girl that was going to have a lawsuit against right. you. Right. I was screaming Idiot. at my television. <laughs> like, if he's going to do that because, you know, he's not in a relationship with Ivy and they were both being kind of as we all do in relationships sometimes being a little kid about you know I want you kind of to say it first no you say it first right. and neither one says anything so technically he can go out and do whatever he wants mm-hmm. because they haven't made any boundaries but to do it with the girl who was going to sue right. you mm-hmm. what was after she apologized see that's why I'm thinking he's just <laughs> so hurt five seconds after that's she why apologized. I'm thinking he's just so hurt that it's just stupid impulse right now like what's gonna make me feel better and like maybe like women is the only thing that can make him feel better it's it's his sort of drug yeah Hmm. that's why him and karen are so great together because they both fall for stupid people right now (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, geez (laughs) oh there he is on the screen (laughs) stupid number two (laughs) jimmy the jerk i think is how he's been portrayed in some of our (laughs) no he's not he was teary 
He's been such He's a been cry. Yeah. <laughs> poor, poor Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, we. Does anybody want to talk about now. iTunes right now? <laughs> And, we'll have, and tell us how you feel. We love hearing from you guys. You should go to iTunes. What do you think? Do you think that that Derek went with the wrong girl last, you know, Saturday night? Or if, um, what do you feel about all your opinions? We like hearing from it. We love to read them. We do read all of them. And we'd also try to address them if you have any questions for us as well. We love hearing from you guys. Also, you can comment on YouTube. Yeah, and um, one of our iTunes... Or sorry, I think this is from our YouTube com- uh, YouTube comment actually. But speaking of players, somebody said Scott is playing Julia. Yes. Do we agree with that? Do we think he's sincere in the relationship that's unfolding there? I think that's a great question, and I and um, I think this person has said this more than once. Mm-hmm. And so we've really I'm I'm so glad that you brought it up. Um, I, I think it absolutely is a possibility, Scott his career was pretty much derailed devastatingly so Mm -hmm. by Julia and I could absolutely see it happening I just don't think it's I don't think it actually is happening partly because he kissed her tonight Mm. (laughs) or tonight in this week's episode but that could be like the expert game of Scott it could be it could be what do you guys think See, I kind of agree with uh, with our viewer. Uh-huh. I think you the reasons why. But he, he or she was saying that though he might have feelings for Julia, nothing is going to get in the way of his climb to the top of Broadway. Like, he's been through that before. Right. And if Julia is the thing that's going to derail him once more, like, screw the relationship. I'm going to, you know, I, I have a mission and, yeah. I, and I need to... I need to get there. Yeah. yeah. As of right now, he's bringing Julia to Broadway with him. Mm-hmm. I and mean, that's how right. he's going to get... I I don't know. I got me. It got me thinking, because I wasn't even thinking that way at all. Um, I tend to think not. I don't think he is. But, you know, I, I wouldn't, obviously now, be completely surprised if that was something that happened. Yeah. Mm. I don't think he is either. He's either a really good actor, or he just is really genuine. And well, not, not only really good actor, but incredibly conniving, and um, you know, really laying out a major chess game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time to plot something, too. I don't too. see it happening. Like, but him they, playing her. They do. They make implausible plot turns on this show all the time. <laughs> <laughs> do they? I did throw the implausible flag at some point this this episode, but I can't remember when it was. Two other comments from, uh, or a couple other comments from our iTunes and YouTube that I want to mention is, hey, to Ben Grenier, who asked for a shout out. Um, also, <laughs> someone talked about the last week's episode with the nudity storyline, felt that it was handled really well, and I liked how she wasn't shamed for whether or not she wanted to be nude on stage. It was all about an artistic choice and her com- comfort on stage, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. And then this one keeps coming up, which is the young woman who plays Anna is a much better actress than Catherine McPhee. I don't know why these people criticize Anna when McPhee is such a bland actress. Anna's much more expressive in the eyes, and McPhee is dead in the eyes. So <laughs> obviously an opinion, and it is an opinion that I've actually read several times about how... Um, yeah. How th- about the passive choices that Catherine McPhee makes as an actress, and mm-hmm. um, I tend to agree with that. And so, and and one of the other things that I saw her doing, which is slightly off topic, but I mean we're still talking about the show, is um, she makes some of her literally the moves that she makes are almost sort of unfinished and a little bit tentative, and it makes the viewer unconsciously or subconsciously feel a little uncomfortable with how you know how she's portraying something mm-hmm. and and I don't think it entirely works all the time and so I'm sorry to be criticizing her acting but I'm voicing the opinion of several of our viewers <laughs> so I just wanted to bring that up <laughs> let us move on to Karen now so we have this alliance coming together with with Ivy and Karen and we pretty much open our experience with Karen in this episode you know effectively uh, watching Ivy on stage doing the role that she gave up mm-hmm. and there it is and we Karen see her having the, heart palpitations exactly mm-hmm. we see her in the mm-hmm. audience we see h- how would any of you feel in that situation <sighs> I mean oh god Oh, it was just, I know they had, when her and Jimmy had talked before they, right before they went to it, she said she wasn't sure if she wanted to go because it felt like going to an ex's wedding. Yes, <laughs> I loved that analogy. I thought yeah, that I thought that was exactly how it would feel. Like, you want to go and wish them well because obviously she's got her own thing going on. You and know. that's the right thing to do. Yeah, mm-hmm. and 
you know, even though Jimmy's a jerk, he's kind of cute. She can bring her new, you know, boy toy over and, you know, have an evening with him. But it's, it has to be hard to watch, especially if it does well. Um, and, you go, and you're watching and people are applauding for a role that you would have been. And people it, liked her in Boston. It's, it's even harder because she almost gave it up, to, you know, just basically gave it to her. She said, you belong yes. there. Mm-hmm. Yes. Had it been the decision of Derek or someone else, it may have been, a, you know... Less of right. a sting, but I think because she was involved in yeah, it, she wa- she actively gave right. up the role. Yeah, it but was a decision yeah. that she made, mm-hmm. and 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 watching it now on Broadway, like of course, if that were me, I would be like, man, did I make the right decision <laughs> about that? I could be that person right now on stage. Although I ha- I do have to say, watching this episode when she said that, the only thing I kept thinking was there would have been no way her character would have done the nudity. If she would have had the wardrobe slip, unlike Ivy, I don't think she would have done it later. I agree. Right. And that was such a powerful moment mm-hmm. for the show mm-hmm. last week. It would have had a completely different o- outcome if it had happened to Karen. Right. Well, and Derek talked about that late in, in this episode about how, after they sang the duet, um, he talked about how they were with Scott, about how impo- how powerful the two actresses were but how different they were. Yes. And it's absolutely true that the interpretation would have been completely different on those two. Mm-hmm. I think she may have done it. Just when she initially was turning Derek down and came out in the shirt and did that dance for him. Yes. She showed a little naughty side of herself, so I think she would have maybe not have gone completely nude, but shown a little skin against it. Oh, yeah. Well, we've seen her. She was dancer on that bed sheet in season one Mm -hmm. for a while, so I think that still would have been okay, but when Ivy went up there... It sounds funny. She was dancing around in the bed sheet. Dancing around in the bed <laughs> I mean, don't we all? Uh, just but, this morning, as a matter of fact. <laughs> but when she goes up there and she just drops it all, it wasn't even... this. I think she maybe even would have done a slight wardrobe, you know, where Ivy had her hands over her, her breasts, mm-hmm. yep. covering that way. I think maybe Karen would have done that, but to completely drop the whole sheet and stand there naked in right. front of everybody, right. I don't think that would have been something that Karen would have done. No. I don't even think it would have came up if Karen w- yeah. was in no, that spot. No, you're right. They wouldn't have gotten that press, and maybe Bombshell wouldn't be where it is right now with viewers and showgoers. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Hypotheticals. Let's talk about Jimmy. <laughs> Shall we talk about Jimmy the Jerk? Uh. <laughs> I do have to say, and, and this will be weird coming from me because I hate him so much, um, I was starting to kind of like him in this episode because he really was starting to make an effort towards Karen. And then as soon as I was like, maybe, and it's like, nope. Right, back to at, <laughs> right. When, when the fight yeah, broke out. Yeah, I was... I was teasing around with, okay, maybe this isn't that bad. And then I was like, nope, it's bad. <laughs> well, because we finally, 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 after 12 stinking episodes, were given a little bit of background as to why he yeah. was mm-hmm. having all the trouble that he has and was, was being the jerk that he is. He was terribly abused and and rendered homeless turned drug dealer by the men in his life mm-hmm. so lost his mom that's and lost his mom and so that is something for which unless you're you know a black-hearted soul you have to have some compassion for the guy so of course that mm-hmm. you know once that's revealed mm-hmm. we can finally have some sort of sense of him as a human but then you know, his brother comes along and he basically just reverts to exactly who he was. Mm. Yeah. Up. See, I. Oh, uh, I have. I do have a soft spot for Jimmy mm-hmm. because of every. You know that there. <laughs> Marissa is shaking her head. <laughs> so, <laughs> sorry. I feel like one of those girls that's like, but we can change him. Uh, oh, it's so annoying. Uh, but um, <laughs> no. I mean, right, you're right. Like. I don't have a black-hearted soul, so I do have compassion for him. And I actually was happy when he punched his brother. It just yes. sucked that it had to happen in that circumstance when they're in this celebration after opening night. Mm. You know, like, was that... If, if it was, like, 40 feet outside in, right. the, in the freaking alleyway or whatever, I would have been all about it. Like, yeah, you show him that was not to come back fault. around. What was... 
he was even there. I know. And what the hell is? Uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what is Anna? What is Anna doing? I, how can she not just sense the creepiness in that guy? Well, she kind of did at that moment before the fight happened. Yeah. He went over and went, she's an adult, and did like the slimy touch on her. And she was like, dude, what do you think you're doing there? Right. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, first of all, like, why did Anna bring him there? And then, I don't know. It's just a mess. Well, and I actually didn't mind him punching his brother at first. But as soon as Karen said don't, and they had just had a talk about yeah, try you know have your actions mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff, and she'd even seem that pissed with the first punch, but the fact that after she asked him no, oh. he goes in for it anyway, and you gotta love Eileen dumping like I'm going to oh, ar- I'm funny. going to argue about it like seriously, <laughs> it's not Karen. Karen has no idea like how That's deep their history say. is, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, psychologist she... Kendra. <laughs> yeah, like, I was waiting for her to weigh in. <laughs> If you've been abused by the men in your life, including this guy who's standing in a place that you hold, you know... That you respect. That you respect mm-hmm. and that you have so much pride in and, and you're there with the girl who you want to impress and that you're, you're, you're in love with. Yes. Like, hell yeah, the emotions are going to be high mm-hmm. and it's hard not to snap in that situation given the fact that he's not the best communicator. Right. Not, yeah. He hasn't had a good life. And this you know, hoity-toity scenario where everybody's wearing black tie and all that sort of stuff, I'm going to venture to guess, is not a situation that Jimmy's often been in. And so he may not be as comfortable with the social mores that are in place in that kind of situation, Mm -hmm. right? Right. I like that word, mores. Thank you. But it takes more... I'm going (laughs) to sort of quote Harrison Ford in 42, but it takes more courage not to fight than to fight. Yes, it does, but it also takes a more evolved human. And That's he's true. And Jimmy's obviously not, not an evolved mm-hmm. human. And, Jimmy's the and jerk. Again, uh, psych- in psychology, if you're raised in an environment where it's all about violence and that's how people express, like, mm-hmm. that's all you know and, and that's how you do it. Yeah, and he was pushing his buttons. Adam was pushing of course. Jimmy's buttons. So. It was almost like Karen wasn't there. You know, they were the only two in the room almost. And it was also sort of a heightened sense of reality for him. Mm -hmm. I mean, everything was so... There there was such stress and tension on all of the situations. And that's Mm -hmm. exactly what Karen spoke to later, which is, you're not going to change. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what she said to him. Not without Mm -hmm. help. Right. Uh, And he wants to change. He thinks he can change. mm -hmm. He's trying to change. But when literally push comes to shove, Mm -hmm. he's not changed. Yet. Yeah. Yeah, he hasn't shown us anything, like mm-hmm. any effort in changing. He just yeah. sweeps everything under the rug. Yeah. Marissa, big fan of Jimmy? No. No. <laughs> I mean, if really? TV shows, know. if this show had a therapist, it wouldn't be as exciting. No. I <laughs> oh, like the newsroom. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Or Sopranos yeah. had a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. That's why I said it work. So at the end of that conversation... <laughs> Maybe they sing. <laughs> at the end of the conversation between Karen and Jimmy, she says, you scare me. And she says, I have to take care of myself. Okay, quick straw poll of my team here. Who thinks it's going to stick? The breakup is going to stick. Marissa? What was that? Sorry. Do you think that Karen will stay away from Jimmy? Uh, Do you think she's had it with him? It's over. No. Okay. No, it's not over yet. No. No. I don't think so. Especially, she can't say that after finding drugs in his pocket and dismissing it. She can't be like, I'm done. She should have been done when she found the. So she's still anyway, not sorry. And, and I'm she's still, still, I'm still not, not done. over there. Okay. So she's, she, but, but she's still not, she's done, not done as evidenced by the fact that she didn't, she should have said done yeah. two weeks ago and didn't then. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think she'll be done for the next episode or two but there's seven <laughs> left in the season so I don't think so okay. I mean he's going to keep trying too. I, I think. think so He's too. not going to leave her alone. Well you know there's the other possibility that he could just have a total meltdown and leave the show and leave Hit List. I oh, mean. oh. <laughs> I, like smash. I don't mean no I mean the Hit List um, and you know be gone and that's it. Well, but Then what would Kyle do? Yeah. Well, okay, I'm just going to throw you? the implausible flag on myself for that. I was just trying, I was trying to open up conversation. Oh, sorry. Well, there, was a t- there was a tweet, I know I sent you guys, yeah. of uh, 
what Jeremy Jordan said about his character that for oh, next right. week. Re- tell, remind us of that. What did it um, say? It said, I wish I had it out with me, but oh. it said basically that the, the next show is going to be all focused on Hit List and Jimmy will be drunk, he'll be pissed and high. Um, what what else is new? Winky smiley face or something Oh like gosh! That. <laughs> and so I sent it to these girls and yes. I was like, you've been warned. Yes. <laughs> because... Oh, I'm I'm glad I knew ahead of time that <sighs> I can prepare myself for a whiny Jimmy episode. But I think you could be right. I think I think the show's going to be put into jeopardy next week. Wow, that's an early preview. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. We do that all no, the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're really bad at keeping our predictions to ourselves. <laughs> but the, well. I suppose the the show could absolutely be put in jeopardy, but we know that the culmination of the season is going to be at the Tony Awards, and Hit List and Bombshell are going to be the two. So, you know, we have an insight into that, but perhaps Jimmy won't be involved as an actor. Or mm. it'll draw... I mean, obviously, he's, he's the songwriter, excuse me. Okay. Um, so he's going to be involved until the show closes, but maybe he won't be the, the um, you know, co-star. I think it might, if he starts going a downward spiral, maybe it'll even boost ticket sales because people want to see a train wreck. That's a good point. That is. Maybe. I would not go see that show. Or Leslie Odom Jr. might swoop in. (laughs) Might have to step in. Mm -hmm. That would be Good friend Sam. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, let's talk about Tom and Julia. A very interesting storyline throughout this episode. It opens with the two of them sitting in the audience and she's trying to pitch what their next project going to be mm. and he's shutting them all down and that was I thought that was a hilarious scene the things that she's talking about what about the very hungry caterpillar <laughs> <laughs> and the poetry one that she was I just oh, I thought it was hilarious <laughs> it just made me laugh <laughs> It kind of, kind of goes back to season one, how they're always like playing off of each other with random ideas. So yes. their, their relationship is kind of like getting back to that, you know, back to the basics. Oh, only like, for about 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> for, for, but we also we saw them, they're finally getting back to their normal state, Routine. what they used to be. Right. Yeah. So then um, Tom goes to dinner or drinks or whatever with producer Jeff Preston who has no director director for his City of Angels revival. I wonder how that dinner would have gone had um, Julia gone with him. You know how he invited her. Right, because they were. She was invited. Yeah. Mm. I wonder how that branch would. <laughs> you know, the choose your own adventure. That's a really good point because yeah. Tom would probably. He may or may not have been as descriptive mm. in his. You know, suggesting to. Uh, producer Preston, what should be done with the show, but it probably would never have occurred to Jeff to offer the job in the first mm-hmm. place if Julia had been there, right? Right. Or or maybe that he would have. Maybe Tom would have been the same and then Julia would have jumped in and it would be like old times. You know, they'd give suggestions and maybe he'd hire both of them or suggest both of them. As, as what, would, what would her well, job be? Maybe just writer or I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because he'd be the director, I guess, mm-hmm. and she'd do the writing, or I don't know. What was Jeff's job? I don't remember. He was a producer. Oh, okay. He was he was producing City of Angels. That was his property that he was producing, okay. and then had lost his director. So you know that's why he tentatively made the job offer to Tom, who chooses not to tell Julia. Mm. Haven't these people learned? I know that's <laughs> a little bit Just going down the road right there. Apparently yeah. not. No. I think he still maybe would have been offered the job, but you have to tell Julia. Anytime Julia doesn't tell him stuff, he gets mad. I think that's why he did it. Really? Remember he was punishing her? From the dramaturg situation, yeah. Well, he, I mean, that was his come from in the very beginning anyway, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she just on the last episode was keeping things from him, so he probably felt, oh, well, I can, you know do the same thing. It's, I, it's something he's passionate about, so he... Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I didn't... Maybe he didn't think it was going to be a problem until the Gatsby... the You know, until she gave him the present and was like, we should do this, and I've got... You know, they're working on the rights for it now, and maybe he was going to tell her, but because of that, he's like, oh, she's got a whole nother plan going on. Like, I don't even want to make a scene tonight. I should just not talk about it. He was going to tell her on opening night. 
<laughs> it would have gone on and on and on and then yeah, yeah. I don't know well I, I thought that it was a difficult situation for them to be in because they had clearly bonded over this book mm-hmm. when they first met and obviously as evidenced by the fact that there is a film out now yeah, of the great Lerman's Gatsby pro- Lerman's mm-hmm. probably like um, what are you doing taking my uh, show <laughs> yeah exactly um, that it, you know, it, it's something that would be magnificent as a Broadway show. So it would be just right up their alley for creating this. And so for him to, for Tom, to be saying, you know, I don't think I want to work on the project that has been my dream for the 20 years that I've known you. I want to choose being a director instead because I think I'm darn good at it. Mm-hmm. That's a, That's a very bold move and relatively risky. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. I th- I think he he just wants to you know strike while the iron is hot, mm-hmm. because he's he's gotten mostly good reviews with his his debut Broadway yeah. show. He's thinking, all right, let's milk this for all it's worth. Let's get on my next direct directing credit and just go from there. Do we think it's a little premature of him to be so excited about it? Because he, he had a lot of kinks. This was his debut, like you said. You know. Well, and he said so himself. He said, well, maybe I was a little bit cocky in yeah. the after party, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because the New York Times review wasn't a rave. But uh, as she was saying, but a lot of them were. Because mm-hmm. what if he's working with new people? He doesn't know the chemistry. He's going to have the same hard time, like learning ex- experiences. He can... Be very well be fired. And half of his choreography was Derek. Mm-hmm. So yeah, exactly. He got to watch Derek at work for this whole show, and it's so easy to watch somebody else do it and pick apart little things, but when you're doing the original and you're the first one that's mm-hmm. making all of it happen, who knows how he, was be- he would be. Mm-hmm. There was already an outline for him. Mm-hmm. It's easy to take care of that. You're absolutely he right. Julia. Mm-hmm. Say that again? He needs <laughs> Julia? Julia, yeah. yeah. Well, and then he comes around in the end and says, let's do Gatsby after he's realizing that maybe he was getting a little too big for his britches. (laughs) What do you think about that? Oh, no, I just, I, you know, Julia saw right through it. She said, well, the reason why you want to do this now is because of the bad New York Times article Uh on you. So I'm your backup plan and I'm not, I think she said, like, I am not going to be your plan B. Right. That's exactly what she said. I loved when she said that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like them together, but I love that she was able Mm -hmm. to say that to him because it was so true. Right. Well, explain to me this. If she is, as the New York Times says, such a great playwright and Scott is confirming that, how, how are you going to, do you guys think, is Scott's suggestion that she write The Great Gatsby as a play? Or that she find another collaborator to do the music for her on a musical? Or is that open-ended? Hmm. I think she could do it as a play, but I think she almost should do it as a play, because then that would be her own thing. And it would be completely different from Bombshell. Yeah, and then she's still, even if she's mad at Tom, she's still not stepping on that relationship that they had. And if he wants to go and do his director thing, which is his own thing, why can't she do her own? And he and she even said like said to Tom in that earlier conversation, wait, you're not you don't want me to wait for you. Right. So there was kind of a question mark then in her mind, like maybe I should be looking at other options. And mm-hmm. then I think Scott's conversation with her was really just, you know, presenting or just letting her think about the fact that there are other opportunities out mm-hmm. there, whether it's a play or a musical or, you know, it's whatever you want it to be, and I've got a venue for you. Mm-hmm. I think she was leaning towards musical, though, because when she found the book or was, you know, looking through it and yes. reminiscing, she mentioned, oh, all the, you know, the the storyline, the transitions and the music. And so I think she had a vision in her head that it would be a musical. Well, and it's, you know... To a certain degree, writing is writing, but but writing a play versus writing a musical is definitely a different ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm sure she's talented enough to be able to do either one, <laughs> and I guess we're going to get to find out. Aren't we? <laughs> Maybe Peter Maybe. the Parasite will come back. <laughs> Maybe so. Oh, <laughs> Maybe Scott will find someone for. Her. Maybe Scott will write the music. Ah, uh, no. <laughs> uh, the the story the maybe story Jimmy line, will no okay yeah <laughs> mm. the, the storyline with Tom ends with 
uh, relatively creepy conversation oh, between him and Kyle. That, Am I, I right? I didn't feel comfortable <laughs> in my own house. Oh my god. <laughs> I was like, what is he doing? What is he doing? Stop. Oh my God, stop, stop, yeah. stop, stop, stop. <laughs> what wrong. is that? Yeah. Heartbroken Sorry. Tom. He's he's doing a Derek. And where's Kyle's boyfriend? Yeah, Kyle. Yeah, what happened to Kyle's boyfriend? <laughs> That's what I was yeah. thinking. <laughs> They're doing a show together, too. Yeah, it's going to get out. out. Each other too much. Exclusive. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, they have a very open relationship. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I didn't even know what to think about that. I was just kind of watching going, wow. That was a, yeah. that was a Derek move almost. <laughs> No, it was a Derek move. And I was becoming a slut? When <laughs> already? Tom is becoming a slut. <laughs> Thomas as well? Uh-oh. Well, when when I thought Kyle wasn't going to go cuz he was like, "Well, I really should, you know, go see how Jimmy's doing." And I'm like, "Yeah, Kyle, you go yeah, see. Yeah, you do. Go <laughs> you take go care see of your friend. He's doing." But nope. No, we didn't. <laughs> Who knows where are they headed now? Yeah. yeah was, they're going to be Interesting. Where'd dancing they go? in the sheets. <laughs> on the couch. Yeah, they want to find the like couch. slippery couch. Oh my gosh! Well, they oh. could they could be a new team too because he writes stories and Tom writes the music. Oh gosh! They should make music <laughs> together. <laughs> that was a really bad pun. I'm sorry. Could oh. be. But it might be true. No, it was. Well, and on top of it too. I, I was also just slightly creeped out because Kyle looks like such a baby. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And they're probably not that far apart in age, but it mm. was it, icky. Well, it doesn't stop <laughs> Derek, so. No, not much. something we are familiar oh. with in the show. <laughs> Tom really has t- taken a lot of Derek's uh, words to heart. And yeah, I mean, he's a director now. He's... Uh, What's the male version of Leia? womanizing? Oh, manizing? <laughs> Man- <laughs> Manizer. <laughs> Womanizer. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was an interesting... I, I agree with Kendra. I was in my house watching, and I, was, I, I felt weird and awkward yes. and misplaced. Yeah. Like, where, like, where did like, that come from? It was, just, <laughs> it was really creepy. Well, and the actor who plays snack. Kyle, also, I was following them on Twitter, and I was watching yeah. the show, because um, I actually watched it live this time. Look at you. But he had <laughs> tweeted, so I bet nobody saw that coming with Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nobody did. No, nobody did not. wanted to. <laughs> No, we didn't. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's talk about music. Yes. yes. Let's start with Don't Forget Me. <sighs> I always talk first, so I'm going to let you guys talk first on, on this one. Uh, thoughts? Bombshell. Wait. <laughs> she was amazing, you know? <laughs> Kendra? Oh, oh, sorry. That was the scene. That's the song? Yeah. yeah. Okay. No, yeah, that was... That was- her solo, right? I'm yes. Th- sorry, I'm just yes. trying to because the traumatizing. Uh, um, yeah, the that traumatizing scenes on there. Yeah, now. <laughs> I can't look back. Um, yeah, she was amazing. I actually got goosebumps um, watching her performance and and just kind of putting myself in her place. Not that I'd ever be doing that. Right. Um, just <laughs> <laughs> the feeling of being alone on stage, making that powerful, you know, performance. I think I, I can't even describe it, but I, I can imagine how she felt. You know, inspiring was it inspiring? Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, I still wouldn't get up there and do that. No, but, but that's not the point. I mean, no, I know. probably ninety-five percent of the things that you see on television that in television, television that inspire <laughs> you, <laughs> are things that you wouldn't do, but no, they're still inspiring. I'm just kidding. And, but yes, and, the, and the yes. point of those is to help us connect with people and you know what they're doing. Well, Kristen, I, what were your thoughts uh, on? I'm sorry, what were your thoughts on the song? Oh, go ahead, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. I was just going to say that I was just like time warped to the very beginning when Karen and Ivy were first going to the audition. In the pilot. Yes. And Mm. they both wanted to be the star. Let Mm -hmm. me be your star. And like, here we are. We're finally at this moment. And it ended up being Ivy. Team Ivy (laughs) from the beginning over here. (laughs) (laughs) And I got goosebumps, too, because of just the journey that they've both been through to get to that moment. I really like the number. She, Megan Hilty, is extremely talented, obviously. Mm -hmm. And... I do. She fills the Marilyn look really well. Yes, I do. I still always, I always like Karen earlier as well. So it's hard to let go of that to an extent. But I, she, she killed it. It was great, and I, I liked her. I like them choosing that song for her, 
because I think not only is it something that we're familiar with, but the whole don't forget me, I think that's also what she's going through at the Mm -hmm. moment as well, Mm -hmm. is, okay, she's got this Marilyn part, it's like with what she talked with her mom about, where all you need is one role, Mm -hmm. so when this is done, don't forget her for the future, she's gonna, she wants to be around, Mm -hmm. so. Mm -hmm. And that standing ovation, too, at, at the end of it. With Rosie O'Donnell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Damn, Rosie O'Donnell ruining everything. I thought she was just going to be there, you know, float, you know, just as a background New Yorker going to the theater and then. A little Easter egg cameo. Yeah. She's lost a lot of weight. Mm -hmm. Huh. I, I don't. I don't oh. know. I didn't notice. She well. She had some health problems, you know, a mm-hmm. few months back, and from that, she started to be more healthy. And I think she looks really good. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. It was a really random cameo. I do know she she likes musicals Theaters. from just here, but I, you know, if you're going to be in there, I think they it would have been better to pick somebody who like like a Bernadette Peters, except I mean, obviously she's on on stage for that, but somebody else who is. A little bit more when I think of Tonys or something. Well, she's a, she's a huge Broadway fan. Yeah. She was involved in uh, yeah that thing that had George <laughs> Michael in it that I can't remember anymore. She was a producer on on Broadway for a while, and so you know I think it, it could very well have been one of those. Mm-hmm. Rosie O'Donnell comes in and says, "I'd like to do a cameo on your show. Great, here we've got one line for you. Yeah. Come on in." Um, I, I, I want to talk a little bit. Just my thoughts on the on the song. The two words I wrote were "Holy cow." In capital letters, too. It it gave me chills. I was brought to tears, you know, tears in my eyes. I just thought it was so inspiring, Mm -hmm. to speak to what we were saying before. And... And you know, like like we were saying, you kind of see you were seeing the whole journey, and this is the culmination. Something that um, that I think I may have said before on this podcast, but I don't remember if I have. One thing that always, 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 always makes me cry is watching a curtain call. It can be live, it can be Broadway, it can be a nine year old's elementary school mm-hmm. play. Curtain calls always make me cry mm-hmm. because that um, exchange of you know, gratitude yeah. for work done is just so pure. And that was kind of the the curtain call was was also part of that for me in this, but just the song I just thought was so connecting to everything that we've known about Ivy. And the performance was just breathtaking. Mm-hmm. I was so impressed by it. Marissa, did you have anything you wanted to add about your impressions of the song? I loved this song. Mm -hmm. Um, It's actually my favorite song from season one, Mm -hmm. and I loved the original version so much, so I'm kind of torn with tonight's, Mm -hmm. because both of them are so good. And I agree with the curtain call, because uh, that's when you get all emotional, and you know, all your hard work, and you're seeing everyone else's appreciation for your hard work, too. Mm -hmm. And, like, I've seen actors and stuff cry even harder during those moments than than their characters are supposed to do during their scenes. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're really emotional. And, um, I, yeah, I love this song. Yeah. I, um, I can't say which one, which version is my favorite, though. Yeah. Well, right. They're they're very different. But, um, but yeah, both beautiful. Then we had That's Life, the duet. Um, very fun, very cute. Ivy's interpretation of it was, you know, very Broadway star. Oh, quick side note. The Dresses. The dresses that the two mm-hmm. ladies wore mm-hmm. at the after party, I loved them, yes. and I want them both. <laughs> I have a fabulous pair of shoes that would go with Ivy's dress. <laughs> I want that dress. Um, I just was I was so impressed with the dresses. Anyway, so Ivy's interpretation was very Broadway star, very, you know, big and bold, and I thought Karen's interpretation was kind of soulful and jazzy, mm-hmm. and I really liked how those two fit together, so we got to see characters and choices um, uh, you know singing the counterpoint to the same song and I thought it really worked well together um, I liked the the um, arrangement too with the harmonies I thought that was really beautiful oh and uh, cameo alert Mark Shaman and yes. uh, Matt Whitman made cameos in yes. this episode they came, they are the songwriters for many of the songs in the show in the show Smash um, massive award winners have written bazillions of things and funny cameo when they came in Eileen said hello Mark hello Matt and then they went into the went into the theater Um, so Matt Whitman was the one who was sitting at the piano playing for That's Life the 
she duet. Said, Get over here, Mark. So that was fun. <laughs> Mark, yes, I'm calling him Matt. Sorry, Mark. Um, there are too many T's in there, and it's getting me confused. So anyway, that was my thoughts of the song, That's Life. Anyone else? God, I love that song. Yep. I sang it on the way here a few times. <laughs> And maybe on the way to work. In the car. I just, I really like that song. I love the choices that they made with it and how they did the duet. I like their small little side digs for, you know, cute. get your kicks yes. when stomping on a dream, Ivy. And then yeah, they called out Eileen um, a little bit later as well. Yes. I, I loved that. I, and it was such a great place to put, because we were talking about they didn't have really any songs the other week. Yes. I like that they added two fantastic numbers. It wasn't overwhelming. It was just enough to kind of whet our appetite and really made such a great impression. It was so... Mm-hmm. I, I loved it. That was that was my, probably one of my favorite numbers of the season. Or of the series. We'll go with really? That. Yeah. Oh, good. Interesting. Because at this point, too, there's so much history beti- behind both characters. Yes. And we even said we like this point that all of a sudden now they're having this great relationship together and there's a friendship forming. But there's still obviously history, and and they they hit on that a little bit in the song, but they're able to ultimately come together. And great voices, great mm-hmm. performance. I, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, you can't go wrong with Frank Sinatra. So I was <laughs> really excited to see their interpretation of it. And um, like you said, they are so different in their style, and mm-hmm. I just really like the contrast of their voices in the performance. Yeah, mm-hmm. really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought it was playful, and I was going to mention the relationship as well. It was nice to see Ivy reaching out to Karen to, you know, to invite her on mm-hmm. stage and yes. to see Derek smile about it and everyone kind of enjoy the moment. Agreed. I just need to say it again. It's Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman. I'm so sorry I messed that up. I have people in my life who have similar names, and that's why I screwed that up. <laughs> I, um, I like yeah. that one because um, it's not just two friends coming together it's two performers in Broadway actually coming to a mutual respect for each other as well yeah during that yeah Uh, also one more thing about the design of the show that space where they had the after party I don't know if that was the theater or the hotel but gosh that was beautiful oh yeah Mm -hmm. the staircase with all the baroque Mm -hmm. kind of gold all around it it was just gorgeous Mm -hmm. so any other last thoughts before we move into news and gossip great episode that was a really good one Mm -hmm. it really was minimal impossible cards (laughs) right compared to others just a little creepy moment at the end there and um and I did like the whole conversation with kind of seeing where, you know, that Ivy knows about Derek being the second, you know, his plan yeah. B and all of that that happened right around there as well. Good for her. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was good. And she, she handled it very classy, too. Mm-hmm. Not always in Ivy style. Oh, I'll let you know if I need you again. Yeah. yeah. Burn. Yeah. Burn City. That was good. I'm good. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. All right, let's move into news and gossip. After Buzz TV News. I've got a couple of things. Um, Not super news, but from the Huffington Post, there was a great article called An SOS to NBC, Save Our Smash. (laughs) Um... Just talking about the reasons why we love the show, and they are the things that we love about the show, the cameos, Rosie O'Donnell and Mark Shaman and Scott Whitman showing up, um, the the possibilities for the great musical moments, and the other thing that was mentioned was, we're going to sweep the Tonys, get ready, Agnes, we've got a campaign to launch. So it's I love the parallel of the show to real life. I think that it's really got great potential, and if they keep going the way they have been on this episode, I think they've found their their niche again. It could, it could go on and be amazing. One of the things that I noticed in the credits tonight, which I had never noticed before, is Garson Kanan is listed as a from the book by... And Garson Kanan, a lot of you probably don't know, a lot of you in this room, my viewers probably do, I mean, listeners probably do if they're Broadway fans. Garson Kanan um, was a writer and director of plays and films. He wrote Born Yesterday, which is an amazing play that became a film um, starring Judy Holliday. You all must see this movie. It's incredible. He also did The Diary of Anne Frank and Funny Girl. Hmm. He wrote a best-selling novel in 1980 called 
Smash. And it was loosely based on his experience um, directing the Broadway musical Funny Girl in 1964 with mm. Barbara Streisand. So they say that the the TV show Smash really has nothing to do with the, the book. It's just they just borrowed the name, or not borrowed the name, bought the rights to the name. Um, but there are a lot of parallels to it. Um, just another just interesting thing about Garson Kane, and I've known about him for since I was in college. Um, he was also married to Ruth Gordon, and he wrote, they wrote a lot of the um, Catherine Hepburn and Spencer Tracy films. They did Adam's Rib and Pat and Mike. So anyway, it was just very interesting to see his name on the credits. Um, just a little bit of side trivia for listeners and viewers out there. Um, so look up Garson Kanan Very and cool. see what you find. There's he's he's an absolute genius or was an absolute genius. He passed away in 1999. Kendra, did you have some news for us? Just a quick snippet. Um, Megan Hilty was belting out some show tunes at an event last week. Um, it was the Tiffany's Blue Book Gala in New York. Um, you know, a bunch of stars were there. Gwyneth Paltrow, Gwyneth Paltrow was there, and Sarah Jessica Parker. I saw that. Yeah, um, Michelle, Jessica, Williams, Michelle Williams, Jessica, Jessica Biel, Biel, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, but I'll just That's let it. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's like but a yeah, it was celebrating Tiffany's new collection, um, including a uh, two hundred thousand dollar diamond headband worn by Mulligan, uh, Carrie Mulligan, in the The Great Gatsby, which is coming out soon. Ah, parallel. Yeah. To smash. Parallel. <laughs> and um, I was looking online a little bit earlier today, and I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but Jeremy Jordan, who plays Jerky Jimmy, if you want to see him in a better role, he did a spoof on, if you like, you let, you did Downton Abbey here. Yes. He did a spoof on what's going to happen in the next episode. He played uh, Mary's new love interest. Oh, funny. And I do have to say it was adorable to see him in that outfit and having him sing a little bit. He's at the end of the YouTube video of it. Uh, oh, and funny. it was great to see him in something different in a role that I, I didn't hate. <laughs> tweet out that link so that we can, we can watch we'll that. Do. Tweet that out. I put up my friend's Facebook wall because she loves Downton Abbey. So do I. <laughs> Big fan. I think that's it for our news and gossip. Yes. Should we move on to predictions? And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Marissa, I want to start with you. Oh, all right. Well, let's see. I think Tom and Julia's relationship is still not up to high standards right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I think Jimmy's drug problem is still gonna you know, bite him in the behind and Hit List is gonna take a hiatus. Oh, oh. wow. Those Uh-oh. are some big predictions. Yikes. Sarah, how about you? I think Jimmy is gonna try like hell to get Karen back and he's gonna be really sloppy on drugs and drunk doing it. Awesome. That's going to make for some great drama. <laughs> yeah. She liked him the last time he was uh, a little high there. Yeah, she did. She did. <laughs> she did. Oh, fantastic. Drug kisses, right? Drug kisses. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it back, the drug kisses. Kendra, how about you for a prediction? I wonder how Anna's going to be involved in that, because she's still being a friend, despite Karen's, you know, kind mm-hmm. of mean ways with her. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess I'm curious even though I shudder, uh, about Kyle and Tom and what what's going on with that, what happened oh when they left, the, <laughs> left the building. Lace boxers on the floor? Um, oh, jeez. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> um, and, oh, I had another prediction, but now I can't think of it. But, yeah, anyway, so I'd like to know what happens with, with those guys. Okay. Yeah. I want to see if Sam shows up with, with Kyle and Tom. That's not a prediction. That's just kind of I want to see if that happens. <laughs> I already uh, predicted... You don't mean in a threesome. You mean in a relationship. I just wanted up. to make sure I clarified that. <laughs> no, not in a threesome. Just how um, that could complicate situations. It's, it would be a dream sequence. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's, still, <laughs> it's still on NBC. Sorry, um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it would go that direction. If it was HBO, I might, I might put my <laughs> thoughts into that one. Okay. <laughs> but anyways... Moving on. I think uh, uh, Hit List will go to Broadway, and the friendship we saw with Ivy and Karen won't be so great anymore. Uh, I think Jimmy, like I said earlier, his his tweet, uh, uh, Jeremy Jordan's Mm -hmm. tweet about him getting high Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, I think that's going to cause huge problems. I think it'll hurt and yet help the show. Bad uh, bad press is still press. 
Um, I'm just going to give mine real quickly. Um, Julia, I think, is going to embrace life without Tom. I think that Scott's going to encourage that in her, and I think she's going to try it. I don't know if it's going to be successful, but I think she's going to try. Good one. That's what I think is going to happen. Well, I think that's it for us. Ladies, tell us where we can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Sarah with an H Mendoza. I'm at Kendra Cavasel. I'm Kristen Carroll13 on Twitter. Marissa? I, you can follow me at on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can find me on Twitter at Tamara Berg, and my website is TamaraCentral.com. We will see you next week for hopefully just as awesome an episode of Smash. <laughs> From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.